the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Come Together San Diego, the live local show on K-Praise, designed to explore what unity in the body of Christ sounds like within our communities and beyond. Don't just listen to it. Be a part of it. Now, here is your host, Bible teacher, writer, broadcaster, and lover of God, Kaz Taylor. Well, hello, my friends. How have you been since the last Saturday broadcast? I trust you're doing okay. And uh, this brand new year of 2023 is burgeoning with, let's just say, more promises than 2022 had. (laughs) And uh, that may be a giant statement or a tiny statement. We'll find out as this show progresses. I want to invite you to my co-host for this two-hour broadcast on Come Together San Diego, Frank Shelton. Frank Shelton is uh, a minister, evangelist. Frank Shelton Global is the ministry through which he works. He writes books. He uh, goes throughout the city, state, nation, and world communicating about God and godliness. He lives around the Washington, D.C. area. Uh, he's a man who has been intimately tied to the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association and so much more. And here he is right now on this very stage, Frank Shelton. Hey, Frank, how are you doing? Kaz, great to be with you, buddy, and I want to say hello to all of our friends in sunny San Diego. Yes, it actually, you know what? It's shorts and t-shirt weather right now. Oh, man, you're was, killing me. <laughs> it was rubber muckluck weather a couple of days ago, but and the weather has changed dramatically in a few hours. I mean, it's amazing around here, but still, let's just say you can still wear your Hawaiian shirt and not be embarrassed. <laughs> Yeah, it was great being with you and uh, Michelle uh, Wender um, and Ruth and I. We were in studio the last time. I guess it was in September on our way to Hawaii. Yes. And it was great to be with you in person. So um, I'm back on the East Coast, but what a great show we got tonight. Oh, uh, it is a great show and indeed. I mean, you know, I, I, I've i known of you as an evangelist and an author and a speaker and things like that, but movies come into play now, and we're going to talk a little bit about that in a future segment. But also, you, you, you know, the content of your book, which— this particular book is called Urgency, Heaven or Hell, and there are a lot of things that are going on that are making this book very, very timely now. So um, let's just start, be so kind, Frank, to spend just, you know, the 30 seconds or 45, actually you can take 46 seconds if you want, talking to us a little bit about who, why, what, where, when, and how of Frank Shelton. Yeah, well, um, so... I was born on Capitol Hill, and um, I've always enjoyed my time with you, Kaz. We used to do What Would Ronnie Say Together, and always had a passion for people and public service. And after two decades on Capitol Hill, I went from writing speeches for a member of Congress to giving them my own. And um, it's been a wild ride. And with the years I had in Washington, um, when the lockdown happened, a lot of friends said, hey, you need to write a book. And um, I did. And within two weeks, cranked out 235 pages in two weeks and um it ended up growing to 500 and uh, when it came out it was the number one new release on amazon for christianity and evangelism and 
once again, thank you for graciously writing the endorsement. And Kaz, what we wrote in that book three years ago, some people are just learning today not only what's going on, but what we said 36 months ago was not only prophetic, it's right on the money. And oh, yeah. some of those same folks are in Davos tonight uh, still going at it. So um, I've read the end of the big book. And uh, we win. So uh, <laughs> tonight's going to be good. It is. You know, I'm just looking at the cover. Uh, I love this cover. It's a, a, a big uh, uh, hourglass. I'm sorry, an hourglass on the cover with the word urgency, heaven or hell. And I'm looking. I'm staring at the you know the the middle area of the hourglass. There's not many many grains left in the top portion of the uh, sand hourglass. Uh, we're very, very close to the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. My listening friend, if you're a Christian, that has to do your heart good, wouldn't you say, Amen. Frank? Yeah, totally. And, you know, I think Schwarzenegger owes the Lord some royalties because it was <laughs> Jesus who, who said, I'll be back first. <laughs> <on his way. laughs> I'll be back. I love it. <laughs> so we're gonna we're gonna you know we can't get away from talking about portions of your book because in any conversation about eschatology or or any conversation about uh, the return Entire of the Lord, uh, yeah. the chapters of your book will be in in play anyway. So we'll probably be talking about that. But uh, speaking of writing books and scripts and things like that, a little bit later on, we're going to talk. Actually, the next segment, we're going to talk a little bit more about um, Hollywood, but also. Um, uh, making room for Jesus, you Amen. and I, we know we've just come out of, you know, the uh, one year and into the other. And a lot of people do their um, making a New Year's resolution and things like that. We know, you and I, how, how many years have we seen people giving uh, re- New Year's resolutions? But then, you know, there's some statistics that say that uh, the majority of people uh, quit the New Year's resolution actually the second Friday of that month of January. I mean, major statistics about that. Resolutions are what's important, but new life and lifestyles are what's important, would you say? Yeah, Yeah, totally. I think more than a resolution, we need, once you have a revelation, then you can see a revolution. Um, But a resolution ain't going to do anything for you, because resolutions at times can be temporal. But once you get a revelation from the Lord, it's usually eternal because his, uh, his truth never folds. And um, and that's like even the book, um, you know, Urgency. Um, when you have an on-time word for the Lord, it's timeless. And and that's why um, I love your show, Come Together San Diego, because you're giving them good news. You're giving them hope, not hype. Yes, thank um, you. And, it, and it's based off of the Scripture. And so that's the thing. When preachers think they got to be relevant and then they leave the Word, they're no longer relevant. Wow. And 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 the thing is, is we just need to just stay with the basics, preach the word, and uh, that's where we get hope, comfort, joy, purpose. And um, I'm just telling you, I want to encourage your listeners put on your seatbelt because this thing's get ready to take off. Yes, yes. Uh, this thing we define what thing is this this earth, this uh, kingdom age. Uh, even this broadcast is about ready to take off. We're going to uh, discover and uncover some hard hitting truths and maybe even some hard truths to comprehend. Uh, but the church, you know, for a long time, I, I, I've sensed uh, have, has been lackadaisical in some things. And I think, Frank, it's time for us not to be lackadaisical, to, but, but really to be aware 
that God's word is true. And, you know, a lot of times, a lot of teachers and preachers, especially about eschatology and things, they've kicked the can down the road. They say, you know, back, you know, in, in 50, 60 years from now, this is going to happen. This is gonna, you can hardly read a news article or listen to a, uh, a, new, a news event on TV or radio and say, oh, this is a Bible scripture coming to pass. And it's one cascading upon the other cascading upon the other. And if we are believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, our obligation is to comprehend the times and to stand in the mix because we've been called for such a time as this. Any thoughts? Yeah, totally. I mean, instead of most people either parked or in reverse, we got to put the pedal <laughs> to the metal. You know? and, and I love, you know, we've been saying it for years, but it's true. You know, he said, occupy till I come. He said, having done all stand when I return, will I find faith on the earth? Don't forsake the assembling of ourselves. I encourage everybody to go to a Bible believing church tomorrow. We are the church. And yes, he's not coming back for a building, but a body of blood bought believers. But now's the time to rise up, get up, look up because God's getting ready to show up. And uh, this isn't the time to live in fear right. when you're faith filled. It's fun. Yes, but those who are in fear are on the couch, and uh, I just I want to break that curse of not only mediocrity, but just they've been in this maze, um, just shackled with fear, and that that fear comes from the devil, but faith is from God. That's and right. I just want to encourage brother and sister, you know, child of God. Well, Now's the yes. time to get in the game. And wouldn't you say people are living in fear, but there are also many, and I, I might tend to be among them periodically as well, many of us are just living in the past. We want to have the things that happened maybe 10 years ago, 15 years ago, four years ago. <laughs> uh, we'd no, like to have you. us revisit that, but God's taking us forward, onward, and upward. Absolutely, totally. So, so my listening friend, what Frank and I have dedicated this show to be as an inspiration to you. We want you to take a brand new look at the the good old book, and we want you to extrapolate some truths that are now truths meant and built for Y-O-U, right, N-O-W. And a lot of times we Christians have been uh, apprehensive or lackadaisical in saying, oh yeah, these things will come to pass someday. But ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Frank Sheldon and I are going to describe to you how this someday is this day, and we're going to encourage you to move forward and upward. So, Frank, it's about time for us to take a break. But in the next segment, I'd like you to uh, speak to us a little bit about a topic that has been uh, new and fresh to you, especially with this New Year's. You're talking about making room for Jesus in 2023. Could you give us some highlights highlights of that message? And uh, let's use that as a springboard into so many other things. Even we'll talk about Hollywood. We'll talk about replacement theology. We'll talk about Billy Graham and some of the things that he has inspired. We'll talk about so many things. But let's use your theme about making room for Jesus in 2023 as the springboard. Would that be okay, Frank Shelton? Yeah, yeah. I'll give you a one-minute teaser. Um, and you don't want to change the dial when we cut to the break, because I'm telling <laughs> you, we're just warming up. Um, you know, the irony of irony is the king of all kings, they tell me he was uh, born, uh, you know, there in Bethlehem and Nazareth. It was basically called the House of Bread. But that region, the House of Bread, had no room for the bread of life when he was born. Mm. And the interesting thing, because the Redeemer was rejected at birth, he could receive us throughout his life, death, and resurrection. And because there was no room for him in the end, 
when he rose to heaven, he was the son of a carpenter. And he said, I go to prepare a place for you. And in my father's house are many mansions. And if it wasn't true, I wouldn't have told you. And if Kaz, if God made the entire world in six days and took a break, can you imagine what Christ, the carpenter, has been carving? <laughs> he has been making a mansion for the child of God. And this is not a prosperity message. It is a biblical reality. So he had no room for him. But for 2,000 years, the carpenter has been making rooms with your name on it, if you know the Lord. <laughs> oh my. So I'm telling you, put on your seatbelt, put on your driving gloves, put on your goggles, because I'm telling you. The yeah. Back to the Future DeLorean has nothing on tonight's show. Oh, I love it. Frank Sheldon and Christ the Carpenter making room for you. What does that look like? What does that sound like? And what do you need to do to prepare to move on in? We're going to talk more about those things when Frank Sheldon and Kaz come right back. This is Come Together San Diego, the live local show on K-Praise. More Come Together San Diego is just moments away. Now, back to Come Together San Diego, the live local show on K-Praise with Kaz Taylor. Welcome back, my friends. We're having a good time today on Come Together San Diego, the January 21st broadcast, the uh, one of the first broadcasts of this brand new year, 2023. You know, I'm really glad to be looking in the rearview mirror for 2022. It was a tough year for many people, including myself, um, many of my friends have gone to be with the Lord, and uh, enemy threats have been looming left, right, up, down, front, and center. And uh, I have great hopes for this year of 2023. It looks like things are loosening up. It looks like God's kids are begin beginning to wake up, and uh, people are beginning to make their godly stands. I hope so. My co-host for this entire two-hour show is Frank Shelton with uh, Frank Shelton Global. He's an evangelist, an author, a speaker. He's a guy who spends a great deal of time in and around the Washington, D.C. area. He is a uh, former uh, member of the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. I think he touches bases with them frequently even these days. But uh, Frank Shelton, good to have you with with me. And we kind of close the last segment on a theme that you said, uh, Christ is also a carpenter, and the carpenter says he's going to prepare a place for us. <laughs> and can you imagine after this many thousands of years what that place looks like? Uh, hallelujah. I'm excited to hear about that, Frank. And this is really tied to a ministry topic that you've been doing at the beginning of the year. You're calling it Jesus in 2023, making room for Jesus. I'm going to yeah. hand the baton to you, uh, Frank Sheldon, and lay it on us. And, you know, if a little—you you do person, uh, personality, you do—, you do uh, uh, voices. Uh, what do I want to say? There's a word yeah. for this. Come on, impressions. Um, yeah. Yes, very, very impressive man. You do impressions as well. Who knows? Some of those might sneak in. Never can tell with my longtime friend, friend Frank Sheldon. Okay, making room for them. Christ, the carpenter. <laughs> Frank <Amen>. Sheldon. <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking of the room, before we circle back there, the Biltmore House in Nashville, North Carolina. If you've never been there, you need to come visit. North Carolina is home away from home. I went to college there, but between the Billy Graham headquarters in Charlotte and the Billy Graham Training Center in Asheville, North Carolina, the Biltmore House, they filmed Richie Rich there and Nicholas's Cage's oh National Treasure there. It's the largest house in the Western Hemisphere. 
It was built by the Vanderbilts in the late 1800s. And the dining room table, even then, sat 66 people, to give you an idea of the length. Oh, my. Uh, the front door, if I recall, was about 70 feet tall. And the house is just monstrous. It's drop-dead gorgeous with the Appalachian Western Mountains of North Carolina behind it. And it's the biggest house in Canada, the U.S., and Mexico. But that house is going to look like a shack compared to the houses <laughs> that the Lord's been making. The White House will look small, and Cribs has nothing on Christ. You may remember Regis Philbin. Well, no, let me back up. Not Regis Philbin, but the guy of Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous. Um, he had that thick voice, and uh, mm -hmm. this is Robin Leacher with the Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous. Today we're with Joan Collins and her multi-million-dollar earrings. You know, it was always <laughs> something. But you know, no matter how many square footage it is, it's nothing. But I've always said, Kaz, if we just get to heaven, and it's just Jesus in a folding chair. It will still be heaven to me um, because I didn't get in it for the mansion. I still got in it for the master, but I'm getting in because of the Messiah. Uh, mm. Someone asked my former boss, Billy Graham, he died at 99, and uh, our pro-life friends will love this. Um, he said for years that he was going to live to be 100. Well, he died 99 years old in three months, and some skeptors and scoffers uh, we're joking. Well, the revered reverend missed that one. He didn't quite live to be 100. We were at a Billy Graham staff meeting in Charlotte, and uh, the vice president of BGA was next to me, and I raised my hand. And I said, well, the media is saying he didn't live to be 100. That's one thing Dr. Graham got wrong. And I said, no, he did live to be 100. And they said, well, Frank, it was 99 and three months. I said, exactly, and he was in his mother's belly for nine months, so he lived to be 100. Can I get a name? <laughs> I, oh, I love that. <laughs> but, yeah, I did get a call from the Grams this week. Franklin's coming to Maryland, and uh, they're asking me to help with the Maryland tour. So, yes, I'm, I'm kind of still helping out. I, the joke is sometimes even if you're not on the payroll, they'll still put you to work. But more <laughs> importantly than even the Grams, it's still about God and the gospel, and that's good news. But... I'll give you a quick illustration before making room for Jesus. Um, we're not dropping names, but this is a fact. Gosh, years ago, uh, I was one of only two Christian news sources where I had a front row seat. I was in the West Wing of the White House covering both the Obama and Trump administrations, respectively. And uh, one day I was on a call, and the White House operator, if you dial 202-456-1414, you will get the White House. And... Uh, I was on a call, and they said, quote, will you hold for the president of the United States? And then mm -hmm. comes President Obama. And I remember thinking, Lord, I was on my way to Walmart. Am I kind of like, can I just call back? You know, <laughs> I don't care what sure. your political preferences. <laughs> and then a couple years later, true story, I'm on a conference call. Will you hold for the president of the United States? And it's Donald J. Trump. I'll say two things about that. Number one, both polar opposites, the left and right, um, I believe Jesus would do his best to minister to both camps, not just one. And then number two, um, most folks uh, probably wouldn't want to keep a president on hold. It's one thing for them to keep you on hold, but you don't want to have them on hold for you. But the interesting thing is most of us haven't made room for Jesus. I mean, um, there have been times I used to be a speechwriter for a congressman. I worked for the U.S. Senate. I was an aide to the governor. I was a fundraiser for a president. And I worked in four White Houses. But the catch is, um, 
you know, over the years, she would have a governor's contact and the phone, a congressman, someone, a state senator or something. But, I mean, we have a direct line to Almighty God. And the irony of irony is there are times that sometimes we didn't even make two minutes for the king, the Lord himself. And and the irony is when we get to heaven, it's never once going to be that God who made time didn't have time for us. Too many of us never made time for him. And uh, so when I talk about making room for Jesus, I was preaching a service, a Christmas Eve service in Delaware, and God just really gave me a word. And we had 21 people saved on the Christmas Eve service and that country church on Christmas Eve. And uh, I just, there was a true story years ago, Kaz, of a visiting president overseas on a Goodwill tour at the last second stopped in another nation unannounced. And they had extracted floor 10 and 11 top floors they pulled out two entire floors of already paying customers who had already checked in oh my kicked them out to make room for a visiting president but 2000 years ago we had no room for oh the my. prince of peace i've heard stories where we've rolled out the red carpet for hollywood stars but we turned our back on heaven's only son You know, we've made room for royalty, but ironically, we didn't have time for the Redeemer. And the irony is, is because Jesus was rejected, we could be received. And if you've ever felt betrayed or bypassed or picked last at recess or didn't make that sport team that you tried so hard to make, if you've ever felt used, abused, or accused, tonight shows for you because, um, You'll like this. You know, my relationship in our family with President Lincoln, it was my ancestor that hand-carried Abraham Lincoln. But Lincoln... Say that slowly. The, my listening friend, yeah. listen to what he had to say. It was a... It was my ancestor. Your ancestor hand, was actually who, tied to Lincoln and his yeah, he life was, and he death. Was, yeah, he was assigned to the White House by Mary Todd Lincoln herself. They brought him off the Civil War. He was a off-duty D.C. cop. And the backstory is Lincoln um, signed that the U.S. Secret Service would be in existence the morning that he was assassinated. Lincoln never truly had Secret Service presidential protection. And the one thing I'll say about that, true leadership is what will you leave behind that benefits everybody but you. Yes. So he used off-duty D.C. cops and um, soldiers from the war. But yes, it was my ancestor that carried Lincoln across the street the night he died at Ford's Theater. But what I want to share is uh, where my ancestor carried the individual of Lincoln. We've been carrying the ideals and ideology of Lincoln ever since. Well, can we talk about that a little bit more in the next segment? I'm running out of time here, Frank. But my listening friend, are you uh, aware of history, you know, you, you know, Frank and I have been friends for years, and I always enjoy these stories because this is a story linked to history. My friend, you might be surprised how you are in the process of being linked to history yourself in these very days. What's that going to look like? We're going to talk more about that and so many more things when Frank Shelton and I come right back. More Come Together San Diego with Cass Taylor is next on K Praise. 
Now, more of Come Together San Diego, the live local show on K-Praise. Here's Kaz Taylor. Welcome back, my friends. Exciting to have a longtime friend and a man in who's been in the forefront of uh, political things, of ministry-related things throughout the city, state, nation, and world. His name is Frank Shelton. He's also a remarkable author. He's got this book called Urgency, Heaven or Hell. We've referred to it a little bit so far, and uh, we'll be referring to it more. Uh, Frank, uh, you kind of left us there with uh, some some of your you know your background and a lot of the things that you have been tied to in uh, government related things in Billy Graham related things and uh, you know it's very clear from you espousing some of the, your background you have been cherry picked by God uh, to be uh, in uh, in places of influence but my listening friend here's what I want to leave with you you. Why, oh, you have been Amen. destined to be placed in situations of influence yourself. You are designed for God's purposes like none other. And so, Frank, uh, let, let's uh, uh, put a period soon to the end of this topic right here about, uh, um, you know, the, the uh, uh, variety of different things we're talking about in the new year uh, for yeah. Jesus. I, I want you to put a period at the end of this sentence maybe a closing statement, because I want to get into some of the things that are going on right now in Hollywood. And, you know, a lot of times we think about Hollywood being the bad place, but, you know, just like musicians, a lot of times musicians in the past have had godly songs, and the church says, nah, we don't want those things. And so they had to go out into the world, and the, the world, pardon, this is not, I'm not cursing when I say this, but the world has bastardized their message and made it a godless message instead of a godly message. How many people would like to go to a movie theater and see a great and impactful inspirational motion picture? How many people would like to read a book that is inspirational? It's called the Bible, by the way. Sure. <laughs> but and there are a lot of people that are writing other books like Frank Shelton's Urgency. You know, look in the mirror. This could be Y-O-U. So I'm going to ask you to close our earlier topic about uh, making room for him and then diving into what's going on in Hollywood. And, you know, there's some great movies right now. The Chosen is now not only uh, in TV, but it's also uh, in the movie theaters. I mean, these things, you know, and they're getting sold out. I mean, it's amazing. Frank, uh, make the transition, and let's talk a little bit about that and kind of the role that God has you playing in that part as well. Oh, yeah. Well, so I have a dear friend. uh, His name was Johnny Pope, and um, he grew up in a very— it was a strong Bible-believing church, but it may have been a little bit more legalistic than love or the Lord. But uh, they forbid— anyone ever gone to the movie theater back in the day. And uh, he was the son of a preacher. Um, but they snuck out one time about he was nine years old, and he went to a matinee at the movie theater. But he went to see the life story of the Senate chaplain and um, Peter Marshall, a man named Peter. Yes. And would you believe that that preacher's son got saved, not at a mega church, but it was at a movie theater. <laughs> and he got saved in the place that his own church forbid. And the interesting, he not only got saved there watching that film, he got called to preach there. My. And um, even in a place where some thought was of the devil, the Lord used. And that's the problem with most Christians is 
if they realized having a marketplace ministry, this will preach. They tell me that Jesus is mentioned 115 times in the New Testament by his name, Jesus. He's throughout the whole Bible. The 115 times he's mentioned in the New Testament alone, but only 13 times is he mentioned in the synagogue. And that shows you that Jesus was the first to have a marketplace ministry because he spent more time out of the church than in it. And um, I love that verse, whatever your hand finds to do. So we need some accountants. We need some folks to take back Wall Street. We need to have some folks run for city, local, federal government. We need to also take back Hollywood. And I really believe, Kaz, we make history every time we tell his story. But not only telling his story do we make history when we share our story, lives get changed. We overcame them by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. So I used to write speeches for a member of Congress, and then I started giving them in his absence. And the next thing you know, I was writing my own speeches and sermons, and God is blessed. But um, the interesting thing is, um, in the couple books that I wrote, you know, those things could easily be turned into a movie. But I was always told, what you do for others um, God may one day do for you, but more importantly, I just want to preach Jesus and others. See, that's two thirds of the word joy. If you put Jesus first, others second, and yourself last, you'll have joy all day long. <laughs> Say so, that again. That's a Frank well, Sheldon wise word. Say that I again. Listen, I may listen to the replay myself because I've never <laughs> quite said that one. <laughs> but when you put Jesus first, others second, and yourself last, it spells joy. I mean, happiness is temporal, but joy is eternal. But I want to pivot from me and want to share with you with a dear friend. I gave you the springboard with a friend who got called to preach in a movie theater, but a couple months ago, I reached out to uh, one of the Grahams. Ben Graham is a nephew to Billy Graham, and they have a thing called Graham Family Films. And I was sharing about an amazing story about an incredible, one of the best friends in the world to me is a woman named Alma Rivera. And um, I had pitched the idea to him a couple times on the phone. And her husband and I were recently able to fly into Nashville. And we had a sit down meeting with the president of Graham Family Films and the producer. And they're literally filming a movie tonight with Kevin Sorbo and some other well-known Hollywood Christian actors. Um, But after pitching this idea, praise the Lord, they have agreed to make a major motion film out of my friend's life, Alma's life. And it's going to be a $10 million budget. It's going to be in the theaters. And they just wrapped up filming where Michael W. Smith played himself in a movie. It's going to be pretty amazing. But having said that, um, people love stories. We overcame them by the blood of the lamb, the word of our testimony. I was always told people may refute your theology, but they cannot make fun of your testimony. You know, like the FBI, no two fingerprints are the same. But if I could just share briefly about Alma, who's amazing. Uh, She was born in Mexico. Um, She was led to Christ by American missionaries. She gets saved. Um, She gets baptized with the Holy Ghost. The first time she ever felt compared to preach the gospel Um, She's 17 years old. She's at a subway. She's on a train, and she just felt led to share the gospel. See, we're not called to just keep the faith, but share the faith. Well, a demonic, drug, alcoholic-possessed man, twice her size, got in front of her face and began cursing at her. And just one word uh, made the man become a mute. He was stammering, stuttering, and then he was silent. He couldn't even speak. 
And uh, the interesting thing is the captivative crowd saw the whole thing, and she basically said, if you would like to receive this Christ whom I talk about, now's your chance. And she led about three-quarters of that on the train to Christ. And um, God has been using her ever since. Fast forward a few years later, she's 21 in Mexico City. If, if you saw the movie with Denzel Washington, Man on Fire, the same fountain scene where that white girl, Dakota Fleming, was stolen, this happened to her at the same place in her life. She was kidnapped in a taxi cab, and uh, two men with guns came in the car and for six hours detained her. And you think about, did she have fear? No, she had faith. And she knew her life wasn't going to end there. And she basically told the cab driver with the two guys with guns to her head who were threatening to rape her, basically said, you guys are getting ready to go straight to hell. Your mother's done a better job raising you than this. Repent on the name of the Lord Jesus and I'll be saved. And they threw her out of her car and she lived. But the irony is that girl with her God outgunned the guys with guns. And she got out of that. And then the crazy thing is she falls in love. She meets an American on Christian online dating thing. She's from Mexico. He's from New York. He hardly speaks Spanish. She doesn't know a word of English. And through Google translating, copy and paste, they (laughs) fell in love. They get married. And she was a well-known Christian singer in Mexico, but she was willing to leave it all behind. And she comes to the U.S. after falling in love and getting married. And the girl who couldn't even hardly say an English word has now sung at some of the biggest churches in the world. She, she sung at Lakewood Church. She sung to tens of thousands in Times Square, not in Spanish, but English. My. She sung on TBN. She's been around the world. And she was getting ready to do a world tour just like me in 2020. But when COVID hit, when everyone else sat down, we stood up and her and her husband took a small um, radio and amplifier and speaker on the back of a truck. And we're going to the boroughs of the Bronx and Brooklyn. And she just began to sing and people were hanging out the windows hearing her sing. Hey, Frank, we've got to, we've got to, we've got time. We've got to take a break right now, but can can we continue that sort of story on the other side of the break? My my listening friend, I want you to pay attention to the story that uh, Frank Shelton has crafted. It's not only a story, it's a true story. And I want you to put yourself in the place of this person, maybe not exactly, but just by virtue of God putting you in positions where you can be able to magnify the Lord, whatever with whatever you know ministry God has given you, and you say, "I ain't got nothing." Oh, yes, you do. We'll talk about that and other things when Frank Sheldon and I come right back. This is Come Together San Diego, the live local show on K Praise. More Come Together San Diego is just moments away. Now, more of Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on K-Praise. Here's Cass Taylor. Thank you, and thank you very much. Captivating. That's what this show has become and has nothing to do with me, but with uh, God and God's stories through people like Y-O-U and people like Frank Shilton. Frank, uh, you've uh, stirred us up here. Uh, on this story about this lady who's a friend of your wife's and yours that uh, uh, has realized her skill set in ministering the gospel, but it doesn't have to be in 
uh, a language that you and I are familiar with. It can be another language. And, and uh, this is a story about a lady who had a uh, hair-raising experience, but because of Jesus in her life, she was actually able to turn that around. I'm going to hand the baton back to you in just a moment, but my listening friend, uh, this is a show called Come Together San Diego, and the whole intent behind this show is for people to come together. Here I am in San Diego broadcasting this. Frank Shelton, my co-host, is on the East Coast uh, communicating God's Word, and the uh, majesty of technology has been able to bring us together east coast west coast but uh, god's technology is even greater than that so that wherever you are you are able to broadcast through holy spirit and get the same message and share that abroad i invite you to go to a website that i have and tell me about your thoughts that's called come together san diego at kprz Dot com. come together san diego at kprz.com and we've been talking about frank's one of Frank's books is called Emergency or Urgency, Heaven or Hell. Uh, Frank, how can people get a hold of that book? And then I'm going to have you jump back into your story. Yeah, well, they can go to Amazon.com, type in Frank Shelton, Urgency, and uh, you can grab a copy. They can get it to you in two business days. Or you could just go to FrankShelton.com, and uh, you can find that as well. But um, I just want to thank you in advance. And thank you again, Kaz, for the honor to be on your show. And even uh, when you said uh, emergency, in a way, these are desperate times, and uh, there is an emergency, even in the word urgency. Um, but, you know, the neat thing is um, God is in control. Uh, he is not asleep at the wheel. Um, has it ever occurred to you that nothing has occurred to God? We have a Savior who's um, not missing in action. He is at the wheel. And I remember a famous story years ago, Kaz, of a young novice Navy sailor. And uh, they got in the biggest storm at sea of his life, and people had been capsized, thrown overboard. Um, They didn't think they'd survive the night. The waves were 50 feet tall, and they sent this young, novice, rookie sailor to race and try to make his way up towards the top where the captain was. And he was holding on for dear life. The boat was being tossed side to side, and he could hardly see because of the rain. And when they, when that young man saw the captain, he came back down and didn't have to say a word. And they saw the peace that was on his face in the storm. And they said, why do you look so peaceful when we're going through hell? He said, gentlemen, I've seen the captain. And he's not only in control, he's smiling behind the wheel. <laughs> I got to tell you, God is in control. And when it looks like things are out of control, we know a Savior who not only walks on water, he can still calm the sea. Can I get an amen? Amen. And you know, Frank, as you as you relate that story, it reminds me of a story actually at the end of the Gospel of John. Uh, John 21, at the back end, the very last verse, talks about the things that Jesus did. He says, and there are also many other things that Jesus did, uh, um, of which, if they should be written, every one, I suppose, that the world itself could not contain the books that should be written, but also the movies that shall be produced. And my friend, the things, you know, the harrowing challenges that God can bring you out of are script-worthy, movie-worthy, Book worthy and and a lot of and, and I want you, my listening friend, to be prepared for God to do something remarkable to you. And I want you to start journaling. Who knows that that Amen. journal may turn into something that somebody says, 
you know what? Let's uh, let's create something around that. This is yeah. what happened to your friend, and you've yeah. been in the thick of that. And my listening friend, uh, the, the truth of the matter is that there are stories yet to be told, and who is going to tell a true version of that story Amen. better than Y.O.U.? Amen. And I want to prophesy, um, Kaz, I just really believe in my spirit that there's people listening today who've always dreamed of writing a book. There's one or two listening who thought I could never write a book. But uh, the folks says people need to read and hear your story. You have a story to tell. And um, I believe there will be some podcasts birthed out of tonight's program with you. I believe there will be some books that will be done. I believe there will be some manuscripts and movies that will be released uh, that would be just just birthed uh, from just listening. Because it is no secret what God can do. What he's done for others, he'll do for you. So when you hear the story of my friend Alma, I believe it's going to encourage others to not only dream, but dare to do what the Savior's called you. He can do above and beyond all you can ask or think. And and back to Alma, so she's singing. I literally, as I told you briefly, but I, I, I reached out to friends who were Dove Award winners and Grammy winners, and it's been humbling. I've been blessed to preach on the stages with some of the most recognized voices in the world. And and I won't name names in this case to protect the guilty, <laughs> but I, I called a few of them during the COVID lockdown, the pandemic, and I said, guys, gals, um, will you partner with me? Can we go to the streets? Can you go out and do something for the Lord? And and nine out of ten said, Frank, I got to protect my voice, and and I, I didn't know to cry or, or stick my head in the toilet. I mean, I was so discouraged, and I'm like, the clock's ticking. People need hope, and you're trying to protect your voice. See, I'm a little bit different. I was the guy the week before who was boarding a plane by himself to preach in Pakistan, 10 miles from where they killed Osama bin Laden. And they told me the Taliban was going to be on the rooftops when I was going to preach to 150,000 Muslims. I was flying by myself to Pakistan to preach the gospel, knowing time was short, time was running out, and I could die by target practice by the Taliban. And and then I got Grammy winners that are trying to play it safe, opposed to saying that Jesus still saves. And um, where they were saying, I got to protect my voice. I'm thinking, Lord, we need to use our voice. Alma was one of the ones who didn't back down. And she acted more like a man. And we're talking a woman. And And the interesting thing, so as she's singing at these apartment complexes, about five, six floors up, they're putting up their windows. One woman hangs out and saw this angel on earth on loan from heaven. And she said, quote, I hear the sound of freedom. And Kaz, that woman came down, met her and her husband, Richard. And with tears, she said, during the lockdown, I had already orchestrated committing suicide tonight, but I heard the sound of freedom. And she accepted Christ as her Lord and Savior. She was going to kill her son as well because she could not handle the isolation and the depression brought on by the globalists and sadly orchestrated by some in our own government. And you know what? The three-letter agencies that you can know who I'm talking about have nothing with the three-letter trinity that I've been friends with. God the Father, (laughs) God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost is still going to trump them all including past presidents. And my hope is in Christ alone. But an interesting thing is she heard the sound of freedom. Kaz, you'll love this. Then she starts going to Washington, D.C. She's attacked by BLM and Antifa and other hate groups. And she turned their protest into praise 
the riots became a revival. And even when they spat in her face, she sang with the love of God. And the crazy thing, it dawned on me as I was writing the script and pitching the script to be the movie, it was because she took a stand on that train and saw the Lord overcome, and because she took a stand in the back seat and standing toe-to-toe with the hijackers, and God was faithful. That's why she could stand and sing during the lockdown when a lot of churches closed. I'm thankful for Jack Hibbs out there in California, who's been amazing. And there's been a lot of unsung heroes. But I want to encourage you, if you didn't have the backbone in 2020, you probably don't got the microphone in 2023. Oh, Mike, can we talk more about that in the next segments? We're running out yeah. of time here. My listening friend, here's the deal. I wanted this show, you know, when I write down the, the bullet points for the show, I just put it, speculate what they might be. This the script and reality of this show are two totally different things, but we're going to ride the flow of Holy Spirit through um, Frank Shilton's anointing, and we're going to talk more about uh, script writing, book writing, inspirations, but not of some distant author that you've barely, barely heard of, but Y-O-U. And Frank's going to share the story about how God has been and is using him writing these things, but also you writing this things, these things. It's going to be an inspiration for you, but don't take it lightly. God needs you to do your thing for God to fully do his thing. <laughs> We're going to talk more about that as Frank Shelton and I come right back. This is Come Together San Diego, the live local show on K-Praise. More Come Together San Diego is just moments away. I'll tell the world. Come Together San Diego with Kaz Taylor on K-Praise. Welcome back, my friends. A captivating broadcast. We're talking a little bit about uh, media. We're talking about entertainment. We're talking about movies, motion pictures, and books. And we're also talking about Y-O-U. I have Frank Shilton, my co-host for this broadcast. He's been a friend for many years. Uh, he's, his ministry is called Frank Shilton Global. He's an evangelist. He's an author. He's a speaker. He's been a staff member in uh, Washington, D.C. Uh, he has been tied to the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association and so many, many, many more things. But right now... Frank and I are talking about movies and motion pictures and uh, different themes <clears throat> that are showing themselves. They almost have biblically oriented themes, and it's kind of like Bible scripture is coming true and through in these very days. Frank Shelton, you were talking a bit about uh, Alma, the lady named Alma, and her husband, and a, a captivating story about uh, her not only survival, but thriving in the midst of challenging times. Continue that story, if you would, and then I'd like to get into some of the things that are going on in the movie theaters now, but also this uh, very story of Alma will be very likely showing itself in the motion picture uh, venue as well. So I'm going to hand the baton back to you, Frank Shelton. Yeah, thank you, Kaz. And, um, you know, the the work and title, I think, is called The Pursuit, and her and Richard... um, have an amazing evangelistic ministry where she both sings and preaches, and they are a dynamic duo. They're a tremendous tag team. And Rich is um, a huge part of the God's success in the equation. Um, You know, he was the one that actually encouraged her and pushed her to try out for 
the choir at the large church in New York, they were gone. But again, she didn't even know English. Uh, but we know the gospel is the universal love language. And um, the, the interesting thing is she didn't think she made it. And when they called back, they were like, uh, no, we don't want you for the choir. And she's like, well, I figured, you know, I don't speak English. They said, no, we want you to be the lead soloist. <laughs> so, you know, it's amazing what God can do. And then uh, someone in the crowd, a mutual friend named Bobby Riddell, saw her. He was a consultant on contract at the time, a connection with TBN, the world's largest Christian television network. And the next thing you know, she's on TBN, and uh, Richard helped her with that. And, you know, he, he's just been a huge part of that God's story. And, um, you know, so the amazing thing is, is they have this, she also recently been doing tent revivals, and you'll love this, Kaz. She, um, just recently, you still needed a vaccine to get into Canada. Yes. And you could not fly in on an airplane into Canada unless you were fully vaccinated. Well, we've all been preaching, you know, you don't need vaccination when you got salvation. Praise the <laughs> Lord. And, and and they first thought, well, maybe we can sneak her in on a private jet. And then someone said, well, no, it, it may be more wise. She flew from New York um, to Montana and caught up with a connection. And they went through the border. And when the Canadian Mounties basically stopped her at the border, they said, you know, what are you here for? And And she didn't lie. She said, two things. I'm a gospel singer, and I'm here to give you hope. And they said, well, come on in. And they they didn't even ask for the vaccination papers. And she, from west to east, to all over Canada, I think it was 29 stops in about 20-some days. It was amazing. God, I mean, it was like when Moses parted the Red Sea, she went by faith. And, I mean, she met uh, Pastor Archer Pulowski, the one who made yes. national news, who yes. was arrested. She ended up singing at his church. And and the crazy thing, I mean, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds, possibly thousands of Canadians made professions of Christ, and they were in the lockdown. And the irony is the Lord opened that door. And the moment she came back to celebrate her and her husband's wedding anniversary, Prime Minister Trudeau, he was wrong on a lot of things, but he finally said it was okay to allow unvaccinated people come in. And I'm convinced it was because of Almer Rivera's ministry that she went in to open up the floodgates to bring freedom. So just where the woman in the apartment complex in New York heard the sound of freedom, her ministry brought freedom when she went to Canada. And then she went to Mexico, and now she's coast to coast across the country. And praise God, um, this wasn't in the notes, but effective Sunday, February 5th, her and I are co-hosting a show called Life, Liberty, and the Pursuit of God. Oh my. And I'm pretty creative, and, and she is a genius, but I got to give credit to Richard Rivera. We knew not to run with Pursuit of Happiness. We knew it was going to be God-centered, but to his credit, he said, let's leave it with Pursuit of God. So this is a team effort. I think it's going to touch a lot of people. It's talking about the Christ Church and our Constitution is something we shouldn't be embarrassed about. You know, it's something we should still celebrate. Thank God for founding fathers yes. who were thinking the big picture. But still, in these last days, our hope is not in government. It's in God. It's not in Congress. It's in Christ. And I worked on the floor of the Senate, but I'm going to preach the Savior until he calls me home. Absolutely. Frank, so <clears throat> the working title of this uh, 
script it's being, called the pursuit. It's called the pursuit, because, and then it's the pursuit of God is tied to it as well. But but right. I, I, what I want to do, Frank, in the a few minutes that are left here, I want to set the stage for the future content of this show. But you spent some time just recently with she and Richard. Is that correct? Yes. Uh, tightening down a script, and uh, it's the Billy Graham uh, Graham family films concept that's that's actually. Uh, planning to put some dollars and cents into this and making yeah. it an actual uh, a, a motion yeah. picture for motion picture theater release. Yeah. yeah, praise the Lord, and it's all him. But yeah, matter of fact, the three of us just were in a log cabin in West Virginia two weeks ago, and they have already approved the script, uh, the synopsis, and they will be reading uh, meeting soon. I believe the three of us will be meeting with the script writer, and they hope to possibly go into literally production filming at the end of this calendar year. And one of the main reasons is I, we all agree there's an urgency. I mean, we don't have 10 and 15 years to get busy for the Lord. I mean, I heard a dear friend, Jonathan Shuttlesworth, recently said on Daystar Television two days ago, he said, you should almost act if you, you don't even have 12 months to do something for God. Whatever's been in your tank Now's the time to take it to the bank. I mean, I I would go a step further. I mean, if Christ was coming tonight, one, are you ready? Yes. Two, you know, if you knew he was coming in a month, are you satisfied? Have you given everything that you got? And when I stand before the Lord, I don't want any bullets left in my proverbial gun. I want to go all out, guns blazing. But yeah, the movie's going to be amazing. Um, but I just want to elaborate again. Alma and Richard would be the first to tell you that this isn't even about them. This is about him and everyone that will see and hear this movie. And I really believe, you know, because if God could take a girl with big eyes and big dreams and, and make it happen in America, my God, what is he dying to do with you? Oh, that's and right. So, what is he yeah. going to do with Y-O-U? That's yeah, great insight. Yeah, and when you think about what he wants to do with Y-O-U, we need to have a love letter of I-O-U. Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain. He'll make it white as snow. I love it. And, you know, it's been said your life is God's gift to you, but what you do with your life is your gift to God. My, my. So and as, as, a gift, as, to as it's a gift thing. to God, God will make it a gift to other people as well. And many, many people shall come to know the Lord because of God and God's zeal through you, my listening friend. Amen. You know your 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 task may not really be in movies or books or motion pictures or anything else, but it may be uh, ministering God's word in a unique way that you have. Uh, we, Amen. So the point of the matter is: Are you ready to hear the whisper of Holy Spirit in your heart and life? And Amen. Move? forward in that. You know, I'd like to continue this conversation on the other side of the break talking about movies and motion pictures in in particular, you know, the 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 movie The Chosen was released in theaters the the this last uh season, the first two uh episodes were released in the yeah. movie theaters and it was remarkable and now the there's two more um uh, of the episodes going to be released very soon in motion pictures theaters and it's going over magnificently but there's also a new movie uh that's called the jesus revolution with uh, t- kelsey t- grammar Kel- kelsey grammar but also yeah. the same man who's playing jesus jonathan uh Rumi, in the chosen yeah. is also playing uh lonnie 
Frisbee in that movie. I want to talk a little bit about the things that are coming out in the theaters now, but also the danger of the enemy uh, taking great plots and twisting them into a godless theme. We have to be aware of that. We're going to talk more about that and other things when Frank Sheldon and Kaz come right back. More Come Together San Diego with Kaz Taylor is next on K-Praise. Come Together San Diego with Kaz Taylor on K-Praise. Welcome back, my friends. Good to have you with us on this captivating two hours on Come Together San Diego. Uh, One of the few live Christian broadcasts uh, in the San Diego area, and we do two hours of it. Uh, And it's really a pleasure to be with you, and I have my special guest, but he's not a guest. He's a co-host. His name is Frank Shilton. Frank Shelton Global, uh, evangelist, uh, author, speaker, uh, is involved in the political realm, but involved in the entertainment and education realms as well. He's a remarkable guy, and I kind of love him. Oh, did you hear me say that, Frank? I don't want to embarrass you. Amen. Well, I love you too, buddy. And thank you again <laughs> for opening that door where I had the honor to preach at that church yes. in uh, San Diego. And um, for a matter of fact, it was an honor to be back on the radio in person, and yep. we went out to dinner with your bride and, and Ruth and Michelle, and you guys are amazing. Yes, yes. And, uh, and 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 we'd love to bring revival to San Diego. I really believe something is brewing there, and you guys have not only one of the absolute most beautiful cities in the world. Oh, I've yes, told many people, they're like, Frank, you've been a few places. Yeah, well, you were you were heading off to Hawaii, and I, I'm sorry that probably Hawaii, when you compared the, that with down. San Diego, you know, well, you, Hawaii's okay, yeah. but we have San Diego yeah. also. I agree. <laughs> I love Hawaii, but I will tell you that San Diego is drop-dead gorgeous. It and um, we need to get back, and I'm telling you, um, I really believe, you know, in faith. I, I've, I've mentioned to both Alma and Richard before, I said, Man, wouldn't that be neat if we could bring the pursuit there? The last thing I'll say about the movie was, you know, since child, you know, both her and, and, and Rich and then myself, I came to Christ at age seven. And see, when we pursue God, we'll find not only his purpose, but we'll find his peace. And that's when we know his power. You know, how many times have I been at night with a tablet or an iPhone on my chest and I will be enthralled in something and getting ready to go to bed and bam, the cell phone dies on me. And the irony is the outlet and the plug was two feet next to me, but my phone died because I wasn't plugged in. And I'm (laughs) telling you, unless you're plugged into God in this hour, unless you make room for Jesus in the bottom of the night, um, I'm telling you, you're going to be missing out and we need to be faithful and faith-filled. And oh, if I nice. could just mention Lincoln before we subject, segue away, the one thing I wanted to, to bring up about Lincoln, he is on the $5 bill, but Kaz, he is on the humble penny. And because of our connection with Lincoln, I used to be offended as a child that someone is so magnificent as Lincoln would be on the small penny. I used to almost be offended by that. But it dawned on me it was like the Holy Spirit was talking to me as a kid. Frank, not every kid in America will hold a crisp $100 Benjamin in their lifetime. But everybody, rich or poor, black or white, 
will be able to touch the lowly penny. And the greatness of Lincoln wanted to be touched and felt and examined and held by all. And even greater than Lincoln, the Lord is the same. And I just believe when we tap into God, when we allow him to, you know, we've been touched by God, we've been transformed by God, that's when we can do big things. And, you know, he can do above and beyond all we ask or think. I mean, I met Stallone when I was 13 years old. I wrote a handwritten note to Gary Shapiro of TriStar Pictures at 13 because he organized the Rambo trip. I snuck in an 8 by 10 color picture of myself in the handwritten note. My mom was like, good Lord, Frankie, you've already met and become friends with this executive in Hollywood. Why are you sending an 8 by 10 I said, Mom, it's not for him. His secretary may walk by his desk and see that picture and say, that's the face. That's the kid we need in the next movie. <laughs> well, it almost worked. <laughs> because, true story, I got a letter typed on TriStar Pictures, who had just made Rambo 2, a letter signed by Gary Shapiro I have today from 1985. And he said, uh, Frankie, it was good to meet you. My next major motion picture, we're doing a worldwide search in two weeks in New York City at the Avenue of Americas. If you can be there, you can audition. And the irony is I said a prayer. My parents packed the car at 4 a.m. and we drove from Maryland to New York City. And I auditioned as an eighth grader out of 800 other people to play this lead role as a boy named Tommy. And they tell me that I was the best to audition, but they said I was too tall for the part. And I ended up becoming an extra in a couple other movies, and then I've been in one others where I actually played a preacher. I was the only white guy in an all-black movie production. But then to think to have a small hand in helping write a script has been pretty amazing. And, yes. and we don't know, one, he can give us the desires of our heart. Yes. And, uh, and then, two, when you get to first base, God may just take you to second base. And then if you got to second and he starts taking you to third, other doors will open and it gets easier. And the goal is not only for you to round third and come home. It's how many can we bring home with us before the Lord comes back. Oh, that's so good. And for so, yeah. So I'm just encouraging, you know, dare to dream. Too many people have put their dreams on the shelf. Too many put themselves on the shelf. And the only thing worse than that is too many put God on the shelf. Oh we put him in a box, and he's not dying to save us. San Diego, he's dying to use you. Oh, my. He's dying to use you, and that is so true. Let's talk a little bit more. I want to talk about some of the movies that are freshly coming out, and I want to talk about uh, how the enemy, he's done it with music, and he's done it with motion pictures. You know, uh, wholesome movies that he twists, and all of a sudden what has a possibility to be wholesome and uh, rated for everybody to be inspired, he puts the R or X or um, different ratings on them that twist the godliness into godlessness. And uh, over the years and decades, we have fallen prey to this. And uh, some areas in the motion picture industry and the book writing industry have become cesspools of stuff that we gravitate to because maybe there's a little nugget of good in there, but then all of a sudden they, they, they switch, flip the switch or flip the script and all of a sudden it's tied to so many other uh, godless things, and we fall prey to it. Well, I think God is desiring us, my listening friend, to be 
partakers in good stuff. And some of us may be responsible for script writing. Uh, and if we can't be involved with script writing or uh, book writing, we can in- be involved in book reading and movie going and say, you know what? We are a viable uh, we are a viable audience. You need to create some stuff for us. And there are a couple movies that are coming to fore right now. In fact, The Chosen, as I said, this newest season, had the first two of the multiple uh, um, episodes were in the theaters. And now two more of the same third, I think it's the third season, uh, episodes are in the theaters coming soon to a theater near you. But they are getting sold out. And, you know, the the world of the profit-making world is saying, oh, we need to pay close attention to that. And also, uh, beyond The Chosen, there's a movie called The Jesus Revolution. It's talking about Chuck Smith and the ministries that he was involved with, many, many, many ministries tied to Chuck Smith. And Greg Laurie. I've met Pastor Greg, and and that's where he was birthed out of that. And and Um, one of the main people involved there was a man named... Lonnie Frisbee, who had a sordid past, I'll have to admit. But the interesting thing is we've got big names like Kelsey Grammer and uh, Lonnie Frisbee. uh, 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 Kelsey Grammer will play play Chuck Smith, and Lonnie Frisbee will be playing the same— will be played by the same man who is playing Jesus in The Chosen. His name is uh, uh, Jonathan Romy, and— but the point of the matter is, God has plans to reintroduce godliness in books, in motion pictures, yeah. and daily life. And my listening yeah. friend, you get to play a role in the daily life. I mean, there are seven mountains of influence. You exactly. know, the Bible Bible talks about different uh, mountains of influence: the family, the church, the government. Yeah. Uh, the medical environment, the entertainment, media, and education, all these different things are mountaintops that you can play a starring role in by just making your godly stand, not to make yourself be the forefront, but Christ in you, the hope of glory. Yeah. So we want to talk a little bit more about this in the in the uh, next segment. So we're running out of time here. We're going to have to go to a break in just a little bit. But my, my listening friend, I want you to be aware what God has in store for you, but not only for you, you'll realize he not only has it for you, but he has it through you as well. Amen. And we, we're going to talk a little bit about what that looks like. Uh, I want to talk about these movies in general, but also G- God has a plan to use these things for good and godliness, but the enemy has always tweaked them and turned them Amen. into replacement theology, <laughs> replacing no, godliness to godlessness. We're going to talk a little bit about that as well, Frank, in the next segments. If you will stay with me, Frank Shelton, I would love to conclude the show with the last two segments with YOU. Is that fine? Yes, sir. Thank you so much. Okay. My listening friend, guess what? We'll be right back. This is Come Together San Diego, the live local show on K-Praise. More Come Together San Diego is just moments away. Now, back to Come Together San Diego, the live local show on K-Praise with Kaz Taylor. Hello, my friends. And hey, hello, Frank Shelton. How you doing, man? I'm good, buddy. Okay. Uh, let me set the stage for the last couple segments here. And, and you know, we're, we're kind of flying by the seat of our pants here. I, I had the whole thing scripted out, and we've, we've long passed gone away from what the scripting intent was, but I, 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 I'm compelled to talk a little bit about this because it is going to impact our listeners' lives, Frank. Um, 
we uh, have talked about motion pictures. You shared a little bit about uh, a motion picture uh, that you are uh, becoming involved with, uh, with uh, Alma and Richard Rivera. And the working title is The Pursuit. And uh, w- w- we've talked about that and really set the stage for some movies that are in theaters or soon to be in theaters and using that as a springboard into presenting godly messages or it could be godly books or one of the seven mountains that you may be involved with, my friend. Uh, you need to take preeminence there and make your godly stand. While it may not be a book or it may not be a motion picture, it will be life-changing and you could be center stage on that, but not to glorify yourself, but to be uh, glorifying of Christ in you, which is your hope of glory. Amen. So, so Frank, I, what I'd like to do is talk a little bit more about the the mentality of motion pictures and and TV shows and things like that, and how the enemy has come in and applied replacement theology. <laughs> you know, yeah. you and I know of replacement theology, and my listening friend will talk a little bit about that, so I can set the stage for this last yeah. two segments. But replacement theology. And we in the New Testament, we many of we Gentiles may embrace replacement theology and and not even be aware of it. But it basically, from a biblical standpoint, is taking saying the New Testament is fully and totally preeminent, and the Old Testament is merely a shadow and a pattern of things to come. Which, in one point of view, it is true, but in the other point of view, that it, the 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 new Testament and the Old Testament must work in synergy together because God, you know, God is not willing that any should perish, all should come to repentance, and it's Jew and Gentile, which is Jew and everybody else, coming together in Christ, and that's what God's plan is because it's his intent to, you know, Jesus loved the little children, all the children of the world, red and yellow, black and white, Jew and Gentile. (laughs) And so what God wants to do is to be able to do that, and the enemy's doing wouldn't you say, Frank, doing everything he can is to oh, yeah. re- replace godliness for godlessness, and we fall prey to that not only in our study of Scripture, but in the seven mountains of influence, you know, the yeah. mountains of family and church and government and uh, entertainment and media and education. We fall prey to that, God replacing what is right with godlessness, but we also fall prey to it in uh, the entertainment industry as well. And let me let me give you this insight and I'm going to set you loose on this Frank but as well but you know this is the replacement theology mentality has been happening uh since you know Adam and Eve when the, the serpent said did God really say? So Satan, actually the serpent, or what they say, Hasatan, the Satan, was actually responsible for changing our focus from godliness to godlessness. And where we have in our scripture and in our theology, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the replacement theology is father of lies, the, um, uh, the, the son of perdition, and the spirit of Antichrist. So he has a a, a tr- trinity or a, a trilogy as well, but it's a it's a fake, you know, it's a replacement theology where we embrace yeah. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He has us try to embrace the Father of lies, the Son of perdition, and the spirit of Antichrist. And that replacement theology is going on right now in our very midst. Watch TV, yeah. watch movies, read books, and you can do a lot to transform that in, from godlessness to godliness. And I'm going to hand the baton to Frank Shelton, my friend. Hey, well, well, even in the 
Garden of Eden. It wasn't the apple in the tree. It was the pear on the ground that wrecked it for everything. <laughs> I'll say it again. It wasn't the apple in the tree. It was the pear on the ground. Oh, and no. even when you look at the Apple iPhone, if you notice, it has that chunk in the back. And I think somebody's made a billion dollars of basically marking the fall of man. Um, if you think of the word good and devil, good, if you drop an O, it spells God. But if you drop the D, it's it, of evil. You got the devil. You see what I'm saying? There's with the devil and then there's good. Drop an O, it's still God. But drop the D and it's evil. See, there's nothing evil about God, but there's nothing good about the devil. <laughs> and and wow. the moment you drop out truth, it leaves you with doubt. That's why Satan was trying to get Adam and Eve to doubt. See, when you remove truth, all you got is doubt. Did God really say that? And see, the devil brings doubt, but the truth, you know, brings not only transformation, the truth will stand on itself. That's why the snake is still on its belly. Wow, that will preach. Mm, wow. I've never said that before, but truth will stand on itself. But that's why the snake slithers on its belly, because he doesn't have a leg to stand on. And, <laughs> and, yeah. And, and so, and then you look at Hollywood. First of all, it was from Hollywood Hills, but my friend Christy Givens is a dear friend. She interviewed me years ago on TBN in California, but she's now part of this Hollywood network and their private prayer for years with Hollywood drop an L and it would be holy again. Just getting and, you know, the L out, huh? <laughs> yeah. And and, 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 and we need to get the Lord in and get Lucifer out. And, and this wasn't in the script, but it's in the book. There have been some a type um, celebrities a Christian was interviewing a well-known celebrity and said, quote, do you believe in the Lord? And he started squirming in his seat and gave that million-dollar smile, and he said, you can't get to where I'm at in Hollywood without loving the Lord. Well, the Christian host naively thought, great, you know, you're a born-again Christian. But that brother, bless his heart, he wasn't talking about the Lord. He was talking about Lucifer. Oh, my. Because... um the Lord of this earth is the devil. Jesus even said, not everyone that says, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. If you remember Darth Vader, it was Lord Vader. Vader. Oh, my. Yeah, and, and the correct is, he wasn't the representative of light. He was the Dark Knight. Oh, my. And um, and I was invited to be an extra in the Dark Knight Batman 10 years ago. I didn't see a trailer. I didn't see a poster. And in my spirit, the Holy Spirit said, don't be in this movie. And I'm always trying to be a light in the dark. I believe in trying to shine the light in Hollywood. And I'm thinking, God, you called me to push back the darkness. It didn't make sense then. I obeyed. I didn't do it. But as soon as that movie came out, the villain Blaine and Batman was wearing that diabolical, demonic face mask. Yes. And it was a fortune telling of the COVID vaccine that was going to be a diaper on everybody's face. Oh, my. And I've, and, and I've said it before, and it was in my book. There's nothing new under the sun. That mask was, I have a picture of slaves from the 1600s. And those African-Americans were forced to wear a mask back then. And it did three things. It, 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 it shut up their mouth. It, it, it um, made them um, not only be silent, but it stripped their identity. But worse, it showed allegiance to their master. Oh and, and and when I see my precious friends today, three years later, still wearing a mask in a car with nobody next to them. Yes. 
And in love, a lot of my African-American friends who bought the lie, it's like, my God, you know, the Lord and Lincoln helped free you years ago. Please don't shackle yourselves by a false narrative by the wrong crowd. See, where the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. And if I have, if I can just share this, my sure, dear friend. we've friends, got a couple minutes left in this segment, so yeah. use this to set the stage and we can yeah. finalize well, it let in me, the last Let segment. me talk to you about liberty, um, where the Spirit of the Lord is liberty. When Lazarus was in the tomb, the first thing the Lord said, unloose him, unbound him. And, and, and when he called the dead back to life, because we serve a God who not only brought water to wine at weddings, but he bankrupt local funeral home directors because the Lord revived the deceased. <laughs> You can't keep a good man down, and you can't keep the God man down. I love it. And and he said, unbound him, because, see, the death clothes had wrapped him. See, the, the devil wants you wrapped in mask. The Lord wants you free and alive. And, and, and the thing is, is, you know, my friend Susan Brewer is a former Dallas Cowboys cheerleader. I served on her nonprofit, America's Heroes of Freedom. She started it right after 9-11 when the Twin Towers fell. Right. Just talked to her the other night, and she said, uh, she told me a story years ago. She's on the flight line of a military base on the East Coast. She saw one of the massive planes bring in that solemn moment as they hauled off the back of the airplane American flag draped caskets bringing our soldiers home who died overseas. And on the flight line was a general, and um, Right at that moment, as they were weeping, without saying a word, looking at the caskets coming off the plane, an (laughs) F-18 flew over top of the heads. And the general said, pointing to the caskets coming off that plane on U.S. soil, what you see there is freedom. But what you just heard above is the sound of freedom when that fighter flew over the heads. And and that's the thing. The Lord wants you free. You know, America, freedom is free, but it came with a price. And Christ on the cross came with a price. And the problem with Christianity today is they not only forgot the price, but they have forgotten the cost. The Bible says to count the cost. And I really believe Billy Graham said it best. You're not ready to live until you're ready to die. Can we talk and about now, that in the last yeah. segment, too, because we're running out of time here? Uh, yeah. I, I think that's a good way to end this two-hour broadcast. You, your, your topics have been captivating, uh, Frank Sheldon, and we want to talk a little— what I'd like to do in the last segment, Frank, is tie everything that we've talked about together and, uh, and encourage people to calls to action. <clears throat> My listening friend, you've heard about entertainment, you've heard about movies and book writing, you've heard about the Seven Mountains, and you are going to play, and you should be playing now, a key role in that, and that is God's intent to show forth his freedom through you, your life, and your activities, and the Lord wants to make you free. We're going to talk in the last segment about the price of freedom and how you most assuredly can afford that price with Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. We'll talk more about that and close this entire show when Frank Shelton and I come right back. This is Come Together San Diego, the live local show on K-Praise. More Come Together San Diego is just moments away. Now, more of Come Together San Diego, the live local show on K-Praise. 
Here's Kaz Taylor. Well, hello, my friends. Welcome back to the final segment of Come Together San Diego for this January 21st, 2023 broadcast. And my co-host has been and is Frank Shelton. He's a longtime friend, but a remarkable man. He's got uh, a background uh, in evangelism. He writes books. He's a speaker. He has been in the the government uh, working in Congress, uh, Senate area, basically uh, uh, dealing with uh, both sides of the aisle. He's tied to the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. And he is, ladies and gentlemen, he's our friend. Is that amazing? <laughs> How you doing, Frank? Yes, man, we love you. And, you know, and Ruth and I, we still talk about every time we've connected. Oh, I remember, I don't know if I told you, I did go out and see the Reagan Library while we were there and took Andrew and the Air Force One. And, and I remember the show we used to do with Reagan and the impressions. Yes. And, yes. and uh, we've had some great, great times. And, um, you know, and, and just one last movie caveat. The only thing I'll say, I'm thrilled to hear that they're getting ready to start filming the sequel to The Passion of Christ. That Mel Gibson movie may have been arguably one of the greatest oh, yes. movies of all time. And people, when you talk about the power of a movie, there's I have friends who saw the Titanic literally 10 times, and that was a three-hour movie. My. Um, and, and we knew how that ended. I mean... Yeah, yeah exactly. And, and Yeah, and but with when you saw Christ get whipped and beaten and, and, and you almost felt like you yourselves had been in a Mike Tyson fight in his prime. And you felt like you took every punch, every whip. Wow. You were emotionally exhausted. And to think that, uh, he didn't die for his sins. He died for ours. Oh, that's so true. And when the credits were going, it's probably the only movie that I recall where people sat in silence and the only sound you could hear was sobbing. And people were weeping. And then I remember one man stood up in front of a captivated crowd, and he shared the simple gospel, and dozens got saved in that theater that night. Yes. And and if dozens got saved there, it may have been thousands and thousands, um, yes. not only in person, but then you look at the power of, you know, DVD and oh, Netflix. Absolutely. absolutely. And, and, and that's why... Books are so important and movies are so important because they will outlive us. That's and, right. you know, the story goes on. And, and you said that wonderful quote at the beginning, that scripture I love. Basically, you know, if all the books were written about Christ, you know, all the libraries in the world can contain. You know, Charlton Heston was right when he said that the gospel is the greatest story ever told. Sure. And and we have a story to tell. And, and I've been to the Library of Congress, and you have too, but... The Library of Congress is one thing, but the Library of Christ is everything. Right. Oh, that's exactly right. And uh, so, yeah, you know, you're talking. Time. You're talking about motion pictures. You're talking about books, even songs. Songs have a great deal of power yeah, as well. Totally. And my listening friend, you play a key role in this. The things that Jesus did singularly for our salvation, He has created a body, the body of Christ, to perpetrate that salvation in today's times under the tutelage of Holy Spirit. And, you know, with the last segment we talked about, you know, movies, motion p- pictures and books and things like that. But uh, it just brought to mind, I'm not this old, but uh, there was a song back in uh, 1922. I'm going to give you the lyrics for this because we talked about the Lord uh, wants to make you free, and there is a tremendous price for this freedom. And I was thinking about 
there, there's a lyric, and you'll remember the lyrics. You won't remember when it was done because <laughs> nobody around us was around in 1922. Frank, you're not that old, are you? <laughs> no, but I feel like. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the, the lyrics go like this. This train is bound for glory. This train. This train is bound for glory. This train. And I was thinking about the lyrics of that word because we talk about, we were just talking about in the last segment, the the uh, Lord wants us free and there's a price of freedom. But, but you know, as you read, you know, the word for being bound for glory means you, you're heading in a certain direction. But I think a truer lyric right now is this train is not bound for glory. It is this train wants to be unbound. And being unbound is the key to your being glorified, being set free by Jesus Christ. So Amen. while they use the phrase, this train is bound or heading for glory, I think also we could legitimately say this train, by being unbound, will take you to God's glory as well, which leads us to the, we've only got a couple minutes left in this show, and I want you to take a minute or two to tie all these things together. Yeah. My listening friend, if you're familiar with this show on Come Together San Diego, we use the last segment, the eighth segment of this eight-segment show, to close the show and offer closing thoughts and a Amen. call to action. And I'm going to hand the baton to Frank for a couple minutes to do this call to action tied to being unbound and head your, heading your way towards God's glory Amen. as a member of his church, his ecclesia, his called-out ones. And uh, you can show yourself mildly in uh, writings or scriptings yeah. or books or movies or or in one of the seven mountains, you know, in the family mountain, the church mountain, the government mountain, you know, medical environment or entertainment or media and education. You can take the high ground there and you can show how people can be unbound from the binding of the enemy, handing it over to Frank Shelton. Amen. Well, thank you again for the honor to be with you, Kaz, and, and thank God for your listeners. And whether bound or unbound, if you're on the train to glory, you're on the right track. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I remember an old song, People Get Ready, There's a Train Oh, yes, coming. yes, yes. And, and close it. No We've got about two minutes left, Frank, so close this. But you're exactly right. People get ready, there's a train coming. Yeah. Don't you just I love it. it? Yeah, and I love Michael Tate is a friend from the Newsboy, so I'm thrilled he's coming back to town. I was on the phone with his sister this week, Linda. But I'll leave you with this in 120 seconds. Uh, the great Telly Savalas was Kojak, the bald cop yes. the, for years. True story. I had a friend who was on the flight in the early 80s. Telly Savalas, at the height of his Hollywood career, is on a flight from Los Angeles to New York, changes plane. He gets on a first-class flight to Greece. He's an hour and a half into a flight, and there was a man two seats behind him, a wealthy businessman, silk sharkskin suit, cufflings handkerchief, had his eyes on the Hollywood star. And when Telly Savalas came on, when he boarded the plane, he threw his leather satchel above his seat. And he said loud enough that everyone in coach class could hear, I'm a big star. I'm on vacation. I want to be left alone. And when the man behind him saw that, he wanted to approach him. And he wasn't trying to be rude. He said, sir, I've been a fan. I'd love to be a friend. I just need five minutes. Can you tell me what Greece means to you? Because we're going there. And Telly Savalas, I'm sure a great guy, but on a bad day, said, look, man, nothing personal, but I don't have time. I suggest you go back and sit down. Two more hours into the flight, the man never took his eyes off the star. He approached him again, and he said, I was wrong. I don't need five minutes. I need 60 seconds. Will you tell me in one minute what Greece means to you? 
he rolled his eyes and said, look, man, are you a little slow comprehension not your thing? I didn't have time for you then. I don't got time for you now. I suggest you go back and sit down where you came. A man also in first class. An hour after that, the plane is descending. The captain says we're going to land in 15 minutes. The stewardess will come by for the last time to collect any remaining trash. I'll have you at the gate. The man failed twice, but he thought one more time. The third would be the charm, and he approached him. But when Telly saw him coming, he unbuckled his seatbelt and stood toe-to-toe and screamed so loud, the guy in the back of coach class heard the conversation. He said, look, man, I didn't have time for you then. I didn't have time for you last time. And God knows I don't have time for you now. And when this plane touches down, I certainly don't have time for you. He said, I suggest you sit down, you little peon. And the wealthy man humbly sat down. The plane landed 15 minutes later. And as they're taxiing to the terminal, the star lifted up his windshield of the window. And he saw 200 journalists on the runway. And he said, my God, this is so frustrating. I'm such a big star. I got 200 reporters who are going to ask me a bunch of questions. I wish they would leave me alone. And when he got ready to get off the plane, grabbed a suitcase, a little female stewardess, about four foot nothing, jumped between him and the opening door, and she screamed, stop. And he said, don't you know I am? I'm a pretty big star. Get out of my way. And she said, sir, I know who you are. But nobody gets off the plane before the emperor. The man he rejected not once, twice, three times, true story, was the king of Greece. And he was going to ask him, Telly, where are you staying? Because he wanted to welcome him oh back to my. Greece. The 200 on the runway were not for Telly. They were for the king returning oh back my. on a goodwill trip. And true story, he was going to say, where are you staying? And he was bragging, well, probably a four or five star hotel. What's that to you? And the king wanted to say, that's nice, but not near as nice as my palace. Oh Would my. you be my guest? My listening and friend, I'm done. it's time for us to go. Frank, that's yeah. a cr- tremendous story. And my yeah. listening friend, you need to know that the king of all kings rides with you on every trip you take and walks with you on every walk that you make. And when people see you, they will see the king of glory and they will give him Amen. reverence and honor if you showcase him properly. My friend, it's time for us to go. Frank Shelton, thank you for joining us with that I pertinent love word. I love California. And my listening friend, God bless you. See you next week on Come Together San Diego. Thanks for joining Cast Hater and his many friends, including you, for Come Together San Diego. Join us again next week as we explore what unity in the body of Christ sounds like within this county and beyond on Come Together San Diego. Tell a friend, tell a neighbor, tell a co-worker, and then let's all come together San Diego next Saturday from 5 to 7 p.m. on K-Praise. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.